Cocksucker! Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Listeners to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your co-hosts, Wendy, and I am joined as always by my super duper co-host, Melissa. And this week we are joined again by our Charo, our special <laughs> love boat guest, Calvin Hadley. Yeah, hey, I'm here. <laughs> Yay, Kelvin. This yep. week's episode is going to be Melissa and Kelvin recounting tales from B-Fest 2015. So <laughs> I will be your representative in this, dear listeners, as I did not go. So I'll be asking all the questions that the uninformed ask in this situation. Let's see. What are we drinking? I'm still finishing off that lovely Rabbit Ridge Red wine. I got that out. <laughs> there was some alliteration happening there, and I was concerned about it, so I slowed it way down. You were efforting. I, <laughs> I was. This is a delicious and delightful red wine that I want to give extra props to because my husband told me to. He's like, tell people on the podcast how great this red wine is. And it really is. And it's if I'm drinking it, you know it's a bargain wine. <laughs> so you know yeah. it's affordable. And it just keeps getting better and better. It's supremely drinkable. I really like it. It is. I liked it a lot, too. And Melissa and Kelvin have moved on to beer. Yeah. We have our beer. I picked up a Newcastle Scotch Ale, which is their yearly seasonal flavor, uh, where they collaborated with Caledonian breweries to make so it's kind of two breweries getting together and making a super beer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. <laughs> and Scotch ales are, are always a bit stronger than, than other kinds of beers. Yeah, it's... 6.4. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not too bad. I'm not usually a big fan of Scotch ales. You know, just something about the flavor kind of sets me hmm. off. They're... they're it's something about the way they hit the middle of the tongue and it's too strong. But um, this particular Scotch Ale, I, I kind of like. It's, yeah. It's got a little bit Scotch of... Scotch Ales can be kind of syrupy sometimes. Yeah. 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 This one's got a nice little little hint of smokiness. but And then there's the hops, but they're very floral hops. And it'll mess you up. <laughs> and we're Thank back to that. <laughs> Thank you, Kelvin. Nice callback, sir. Bravo. So, yeah. Kelvin and Melissa, how yes. long have you been going to B-Fest? Ooh, how long have you been going to be? I've just one more year longer than you have. Oh, oh, wow! I've only been there for one year. I've, I've I've read about it and heard about it for many years before that. Yeah, so I've uh, been four or five years, and you've been four, five to six, five to six. Yeah, years. I I'm really bad at keeping 
tallies. Like, like how many years have you been doing that? I don't know. I don't know. I've been going for a while. I, I count the posters. You count the posters. <laughs> so this is a 24-hour film festival. It is a 24-hour film festival. It is at Northwestern University yep. in Chicago. And it is crap movies. Or rather, B-movies. B-movies. Well, the name of it is... Be fest. fest. Yes. So how is this different from But Numathon, which is also a 24-hour film festival? Well, first of all, it's at uh, Northwestern University instead of the Alamo Draft House, which means you have to bring your own food with you. Mm. You are basically locked in to Northwestern University for 24 hours. Um, you arrive on a Friday and you start at 6 p.m. and you go to 6 p.m. the next day, which is harder because But Numathon, you start at noon. Yeah, honestly, that is harder. Yeah, because yeah, you start earlier in the day, so you have more fuel to get through. Yeah, I assume it just uh, it's part of being a college, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well. And But the big thing is, is that not only are you allowed to talk back to the screen, you are encouraged to talk back to the screen. It is a free-for-all. Is it hard to hear the film sometimes? The first sometimes. time. The, the first movie on the schedule, you're, you're lucky to hear anything. Yeah, because really? everybody's really excited, and they're every they're, it's all you can hear is audience. Um, but you know, eventually in the evening, it starts to settle down. You know, it settles down, and then there's you know people more just getting into it, like vocalizing, like when you know someone's head gets cut off or something. They're like, Wah! or whatever. Yeah, Woo! yeah, it's yeah. it's a very involved audience, and you, you can tweet in the theater. You can you can do. Pretty much anything. People go up in front of the screen and do skits if they know the movie really yeah, well. Yeah, some, sometimes people it's, will actually uh, like do a, a bit. Yeah, yeah it, it's just kind of because it's uh, like the, the yeah. screen is on. The theater is like one of those uh, like big lecture halls, kind of. Oh, okay. You so know, so it's a... kind of almost like a stage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In front of the the screen, so. How much does this cost? It's about thirty five bucks. It's thirty five bucks. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Do they sell out? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they sold out this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then again, they, then again... Uh, they don't sell every single seat. Selling, yeah, selling out for yeah. B-Fest is like... Two-thirds. R- roughly half to two-thirds capacity because so many people have to bring in coolers. Yeah, they, they like uh, to leave some space because, you know, everybody has to bring stuff with them in order to survive for 24 hours. So they're, not every single seat is filled. Okay. Yeah. So you've got a little bit of space to stretch out, maybe put a coat and, you know, cooler on the seat next to you. But People have started bringing little, you know, those Octopi charger things for phones. And nice. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And you two carpool. We carpool you down car to Chicago. Church over there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we hang out with the B-Movie message board folks who are little friends I've made like from online. Yeah. And, and all those folks kind of are in one area of the theater. And then, um, there are like the red letter media folks, um, folks, if you know, red letter media, they're the people who made the really long star Wars deconstructions on YouTube. Yes. That are fantastic. Um, those guys. Uh, uh, rather, one of the guys comes and... and Capone has been there. Capone from In a Cool News. He wasn't there this year up. because he was actually at the Sundance yeah, Film Festival. He was, yeah, Capone was at Sundance and I was tweeting with him. It's like, I'm at B-Fest. I'm at Sundance. Why are you here? I'm at Sundance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's still 
delightful. I I I love Steve so much. He I, I he's so sweet. Um Spoonie from the Spoonie Experiment from Channel Awesome. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of, lot of internet. Yeah, a lot of celebrity sort of. A lot of internet intelligentsia are people. there. I like that internet intelligentsia. That's uh, a good way of putting it. Because not necessarily celebrity, but taste makers. Yeah, <laughs> or taste breakers. Uh, yeah, there there are a couple of kids in the audience. Usually, there are, there are older guys. There, this thing has been going on since the early eighties. Wow. Uh, yeah, and th- this artist has been to every single one. Yeah, the, wow. the artist, Mi- Mitch, who draws... the guy who does the the posters, is a guy named Mitch McConnell. Yes, we should put a picture of the poster. Yes, who, who is uh, uh, you know an alternative comics artist guy, very. Very into fifties trash culture. Well, kind of I stuff. mean, and, the and poster says, "Dear listeners, Beefest twenty fifteen, the Tor Johnson free tattoo giveaway. <laughs> if you fall asleep during the twenty four hour film fest, you'll wake up with a new Tor tattoo. And if you don't know who Tor Johnson is, well, honestly, it's Beefest. Tor Johnson, hello." Plan nine from outer space. That's yeah. right, and one and of the, Beast of Yucca Flats and, and Beast, Beast of Yucca, Yucca Flats. Flats. Yes, yeah, one of the centerpieces of the Ed Wood. Oeuvre. Time for to go to bed. <laughs> Do you like how it paused <laughs> before oeuvre? I'm not sure it's really an oeuvre, but apparently it's an oeuvre. It's an oeuvre. We're gonna call it an oeuvre. It's such an oeuvre. So yeah, um, is that French for egg? I never know. Oof, it's French for egg. <laughs> You know, I'm all for the let's give every movie the silence and attention it deserves. Whereas, you know, when you walk into B-Fest, there's kind of this agreement. You, you're you going to be shouting at the screen or people around you are going to be. It, it's the agreement of B-Fest that this is something else. That this is okay. This is like. And this is an okay way to interact with a film. It honestly yeah, is. It really is. Yeah. it's, it's... As long as everybody agrees. In yeah, the theater. It's not like a film festival. You know, if it's... everybody there knows that that's going to happen, then it becomes okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you would never do that at Butnamathon because that's not the agreement. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, no. Now, you can vocally appreciate a film at Butnamathon because yeah. I remember when Ong Bak played. Was, and there was, yeah! there was a whole lot of, yeah, and oh, and oh. Yeah. Yeah. Going on. And then, and then, then, people that's... who go to B-Fest would tend to be the type of people who'd be way into Ong Bak. Because Unbox is awesome. It's awesome. Oh, it's people doing awesome stuff and punching. All right. So talk to me about this year's B-Fest. Yes. So this year's B-Fest, we opened with... Was there any adventures on the way? I'm going to pause you. Well, there's always an adventure at Halakihiki. What is Halakihiki? Halakihiki is the oldest tiki bar in the United States. (laughs) We, uh, uh, it's it's quite a drive from where we we stay um, at the the motel we stay at, but we we drive out there and it's like an old school tiki bar that hasn't changed since the fifties. So you drive to Chicago and then from Chicago you drive to Halakihiki. Yeah, or rather, um, Northwestern University is in Evanston. We stay in like Morton Grove. Halakihiki is in some other. It's like your in suburban Chicago. Like you know, it's all yeah. Like... It's like a, 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 suburban Chicago is a 
vast wasteland of suburbia. But it, it, you it's huge. You are not kidding. It goes all the way yeah. to Detroit. It, it goes everywhere. It goes from <laughs> Milwaukee to Detroit and it never stops. But yeah, uh, Halakihiki is a good ways away from uh, our hotel. But we always make the pilgrimage there to you know, pay respects to the 1965 Tiki Bar, which has never changed. And you can s- still smell the cigarette smoke from the, you know, the, the reed coverings of the walls. And and they have a shop. And if you go to the shop, oh, the woman who runs the shop will never let you leave. <laughs> I think she's really lonely. She, she's this older person who's been there and she will describe every single item in the shop to you. In detail, you know, like like you'll 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 be looking at like the Hawaiian shirts or something. Like, do you have this in a large? And she'll go like, "Well, oh, this is a very nice shirt. That's, you know, it's like a child size shirt. Well, this is blue and it has cars on it or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. this it's woman, a child size shirt. Why are you giving me? This? Anytime we have a new person in the group, we send them into the shop and then we see how long it takes them to come back. <laughs> You're a jerk. Well. Eventually, we send a rescue party because they, they will need it. This, this year, Kelvin and I went and it's like, okay, I haven't been in the shop for a couple of years. So Kelvin and I went in there because we were waiting for the rest of the group to arrive. It's like, maybe maybe it's better. I don't know. I, I feel like I need to visit the shop. So we visit the tiki shop, which is kind of awesome because it's got all this tiki stuff in it. Yeah, it's all little knickknacks. South Seas. Glasses stuff. And you can whatever. You can buy souvenirs that say California on it, even though you're in Chicago, for whatever reason. So we go back there. And yes, the woman was there. So it's like, okay, you know, some things never change. And she was pretty quiet for the first. She's an older woman. She's always wearing like a tropical muumu. A tropical muumu, and she's got she's got like this bleach blonde hair and a crew cut. Yeah, crew cut. And and big funky glasses. Big funky glasses are you know like jewelry and stuff. Yeah, like big big earrings. Yeah, she she's like way into this, but she was pretty quiet when we walked in. It's like okay, maybe maybe we're safe. (laughs) Maybe we're safe. We're the only two people in there. I should have been wary. But no, it, you know, I had this false sense of security. And and eventually she start she's I hear her start in, you know, she's starting to, you know, describe every single item in the store to us and it's like, okay. And there's a lot of items. Okay, maybe if I buy something, I find two dollar earrings and I maybe if I buy something, you know, she'll What let happens us go. when I do this? What if the input changes? Yes, I I this is scientific. So I, for science, for science, I go up to buy a two dollar pair of earrings, and and she goes, "Oh, those French hooks, you know, they always fall out. Let me change those for you." And she literally gets out jewelry pliers and new, like the 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 locking French hooks, <laughs> spare parts for my these two dollar earrings, and she starts changing the hooks on these two dollar earrings. It's like, please, dear God, it's, it's okay. It's just $2 earrings. It's, they're $2 earrings. They're made of wood. <laughs> <laughs> but, but eventually they were secure enough that she was happy. Okay. And I left with my earrings. And, and then we drank so many tiki drinks. Yeah. So you arrive early. You go to the tiki bar. And, we, we, you, know, we, bar. you know, after driving through Wisconsin and taking goofy selfies in front of giant statues of mice. Yeah. Well, we did that. That's a thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Who wouldn't do that? You know, because there's so many giant cheeses. And, and, 
There are a lot of giant cheeses and lumberjacks. And lumberjacks. lumberjacks. Lumber mm-hmm. sexual is a thing. Lumber sexual. So you finally arrive after so, having so many good times mm-hmm. on the road. And then you drink your tinky drinks. And then finally you go to the theater. Well, the next day, you know, because th- we get there Thursday night. This is what me. drink. This is what we do. We, we, um, during the day, we, uh go to a grocery store and we've we've yep. kind of settled on this place called produce world which is <laughs> produce world yes it's a polish grocery store it, it's they have an unusually huge amount of like slavic imported i was hoping things. they had an unusual amount of produce but they do, well, they do have a, they, they do have buy a dragon lot of fruit produce. there wow dragon fruit yeah it's it's kind of a great grocery store and yeah we go there and we buy way too goddamn many snacks. Yes. I'm still I overbuy eating. yeah. I, I overbuy the amount of snacks I actually need for the uh for the for the event by like a factor of five at least. Yes. <laughs> well the thing is you're not gonna finish the whole bag, but you but you also don't want to finish the whole bag. You want a variety. But I'll go to the deli counter and get like deli sliced like salami and, and like pitas and I have like pita salami. Sandwiches. You're sharing that with the rest of everybody that's in there. Salami. Salami farts. Yeah, well, everybody You're a else jerk. <laughs> it's the most stable Sol- meat product, you know, for like a long... Yeah, but salami farts and salami sweat? Yeah. You're a jerk, dude. I can't get like... I can't... You can't bring turkey in, in the theater. No, not bad. unless you have like a cooler. It's just... Yeah. But um, but we do that. And then we also get the, the paper plates. We get the paper plates. We get the stack. The paper stack. plates are a thing. I know this. The yes. paper plates are a thing. We get paper plates and then we go back to the hotel and we decorate the paper plates the paper plates have a purpose they okay. have a definite purpose okay so you arrive at 6 p.m you we, go into the theater we go into the theater we get settled in we say hi to people and 6 p.m we start with the creature with the atom brain which is this kind of <laughs> A 19, 1950s, 1950s monster movie. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, written by Kurt. Set. I always mispronounce his name. Siodomek. 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 The guy who wrote uh, the the Wolfman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and many many and other many many B movies. Yeah. And and it is kind of a. Um, it's a mobster yeah. taking revenge on people by somehow coercing a a, a former Nazi scientist. To do experiments on... Basically brain control. Brain control of dead people. Yeah. So, like, they're... Okay. They're, like, zombies who, who you know, you smash through the wall and you can't shoot them and they just kill you. And he can make talk through their mouths like, you know, remember me, I'm Buchanan or something because I, I can't remember the exact... Yeah. The, mob, the, yeah, the mobster's name is Buchanan. No. And so, so he's basically taking revenge on all these people who put him in jail or something. I didn't, I, I didn't catch a lot of the plot because again, this is the first movie, and everybody of the yelling. festival, and everyone's yelling shit. But the zombies are killing people, and uh, <laughs> and it, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of impressive. It starts right off. Yeah, it, it starts it, in the like the middle of of stuff, you know. It's not like uh, uh the slow ramp up you often get. Yeah, oh, no, there, there's not like, there's no discovery process. It's just zombie comes through window, kills some guy. Yeah, that it nice. is middle yeah. of the action start right off the bat. The beautiful thing about the movie is that um there there are some 
even though it's kind of this cheap ass B movie from the fifties, there are some really nice moments. Like in that first scene, the zombie breaks in and kills a guy, and it's the shot where he kills the guy is shown in a shadow. So you see the zombie lift the guy over his head, and you see the body just break in a really unnatural oh. way in yeah, the shadow. He, it's really grisly. The, the zombie kills the guy by just like cracking his spine. That's yeah. great. Just crunch. Yeah. And you see it in the shadow. You go, oh! That was a great way to start the whole thing. Yeah, it was a nice start. Okay, so how many people are actually in the theater? Oh, there's a couple hundred. Uh, well over a hundred, yeah. It, it's a couple hundred. Okay, I'm, sure. I'm terrible so at estimating things like that. But. At Putnamathon. It, it, maybe a slightly smaller theater. And remember, not every seat is full. Yeah, that's why but. I asked how many people yeah yeah but it, i i mean it's basically the student union for northwestern university okay yeah yeah okay and, and it's uh also kind of surprisingly sexual oh the the movie yeah. Not B-Fest? Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. Clarification. <laughs> wow, I was kind of Point like, of order. Yes. I Point like, of order. Whoa, all the years you guys have been going, I never knew that. Yeah, <laughs> we're... You know, it's bad movies and we're like sucking each other off. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not what it is. No, 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 no. You mean like every movie they... Hand check! <laughs> <laughs> but, um... The yeah, movie. no, no, the, like the, the hero of Creature from the Atom Brain... Uh, and his wife. Oh yeah, they they are clearly they're into clearly, each other. They're clearly bonking. Oh okay. yeah, Mary. Mary well, 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 like there 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 there's like this scene where like he's coming home from he's like a police scientist or something, you know, so, you know, and uh, the forensic research guy, and he drives up, parks in front of the house, gets out, and and his wife comes out in like the classic 1950s housewife dress. And like the, the 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 evening paper is laying on the porch, and she gets down and she bends over to pick the paper up, and and the camera is like right on her butt, <laughs> and it just kind of cuts back to the to the guy. He's like, yeah. And, and doesn't he just like swat her? Yeah, he actually like kind of swat. And this is you know it's like it's really startling to see that in a fifties era movie. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and also, uh, white guys in the fifties, apparently utterly incapable of telling when someone's a zombie or not oh yeah oh yeah because like, no like, like one of their their uh co-workers gets killed and shows up again and just walks in really robotically and sits down and just stares ahead hello frank how was your day <laughs> oh it's fine yeah <laughs> like, they don't notice yeah they don't really notice <laughs> wow dude what the hell oh well i'll be accepting <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually a pretty it's actually not a bad movie it's actually not too bad for you know 50 schlock yeah yeah there's always yeah. one 50s like era monster movie type thing and that and the, that was this year's 50s yeah movie and then from there we get metal storm the destruction of jared sin <laughs> i saw this yes oh. it was one of those movies that like was this at, like an 80s movie? it's an 80s yeah. I saw this. It's one of yeah. those movies, like like everyone who was into like science fiction and, and a, a kid in the '80s probably saw at some point. Yeah, but they don't remember anything really about it because Be it's terrible. Because it's really god awful. It I really remember the is. name Metal yeah. Storm. It's okay. a super memorable name. Okay, yeah. now now point of order about the title. First of all, it 
It's called Metal Storm Destruction of Jared Sin. Jared Sin does not get destructed. And there is no Metal Storm. <laughs> I watched for it. There was no Metal Storm. You were, uh, you were Nothing that could be construed as a Metal Storm. No, no Metal Storm. It's and, a great title, though. I feel like yeah. Metal Storm, like, that's a rock and it was anthem. A, it, it was originally made. done uh, in 3D. Yes. It was originally yeah. released on theaters as 3D. It was one of those, like, uh... That weird revival in the 80s. Like a Space Hunter. Yeah. I have it With on video Molly disc. With Molly Ringwald. Mm-hmm. I have it on video disc. Not laser disc. Video disc. Are you shitting me? I'm not shitting Jeepers Cripes. I found it for a dollar at the thrift store. <laughs> That's a dollar? I'd buy that for a dollar. Do anything that can play a video disc? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a dollar. But it's a dollar. So, yeah, I was very pleased to see it at, at B-Fest. But, you know, you know what, what I love about yeah. the title, Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared's Sin, it kind of sounds like it's going to be like a heavy metal musical or something. Yeah, But I it's wish. not. It is so not. No, it's a sci-fi thing that's kind of... A mix between oh, it's like it's like that generic Mad Max, uh, yeah, you know, run down, cobbled together out of stuff lying around future, but it's clearly on another planet where people mine some kind of mystic crystal things. Yeah. Oh my God, it's got Richard Mall in it. It's got Richard. He's Mullen. great in it. He's the He's... best thing in the movie. And Kelly and... Preston. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's oh, disapproving I'm, I, it's my disapproving Kelly Preston well, no mm. Kelly Preston is she's one of those people who got a career despite herself oh I said <laughs> it oh. no Richard Mall is really great yeah but Richard Mall. yeah because he's fantastic and everybody in this movie has to have terrible depth perception because they have occluded eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they're, they're, there's like this weird warrior cast that like ritually blinds themselves in one eye. What? So, so why like, would well, you? Why would you want to give up? You know, so like you could, stereo you, vision. So you could attack them from the right hand side, pretty darn easily. <laughs> How did the crowd react to this one? Oh, it was it was kind of a like the first half we were like yeah because it it looks crazy and wild and like the visuals are kind of exciting yeah, yeah. and and then when you realize it doesn't make any goddamn sense and then you kind of go uh there's nothing happening there's nothing happening well, and then there's a bizarro like <laughs> that then near the end there's this thing that happens that's kind of like the bit in. Uh, Buckaroo Bonsai, where they go through the mountain and they go into a different yeah, dimension. Yeah, yeah. And there's like a chase through the different dimension, and then nothing actually happens. And then it's like, fuck you, movie. <laughs> How do you feel about and, it? Fuck you, movie. Well, that, and then like there's the, the weird cyborg character that squirts green fluid out of his cybernetic <laughs> arm, which is apparently also like burn you acid and also That's like right. make you trip out acid because they get squirted with it and then they have like weird hallucinations and i'm like what what's going on what is this who wrote this oh my god oh, i don't know there there was a punch bowl of cocaine in the 80s and they found um, it so okay here's a question yeah is there a place you can escape to during particularly bad movies? Not really. There's not like a well, lobby? Well, you can exit the theater and, you know, there... There's the, like the there's, lounge sitting the around area the, in, the, in the student union building. Yeah, but it's, you know, you just kind of... 
the, the, the nice thing about B-Fest is since it's agreed that you kind of can shout back to the screen and shit, you can... You can, you know, look at your phone, chat with your neighbor, do whatever you want. This this is awful. This is awful, right? This is awful. Okay, I'm gonna check Facebook. Yeah, pretty much. And and you know the the vibe at B Fest is like, this is awful. All right, this is awful. And then (laughs) you you embrace the awfulness. So now it's about eight forty five, and we're. It's only 8.45. Wait, it's 8:45. what? You've, you've watched two, two movies? movies? Two movies. We've watched two uh, movies. Uh, the Creature of the Atom Brain is only like 70 minutes long. Yeah, it, it's really short. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, Jared's in, you know, not, well, it's certainly Oh, oh clarification. Like, Jared Sin is the villain of the movie. Not the yeah, movie. and he doesn't get destructed. Just spoiler, you know. <laughs> but then, but then, but then, but then we see frogs. We go into frogs. 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 A movie where you expect destruction by frogs. But it doesn't happen. But it doesn't happen. It's called Frogs, and you expect that the frogs are going to have some serious shit to do in this movie. No. No, the frogs are just... It's one of those nature goes amok and kills man for destroying its environment kind of movies. And the frogs are just kind of like a weird Greek chorus. Yeah. The the, the frogs (laughs) really have nothing to do with the The frogs just show up and like are croaking a lot. Yeah. Like the frogs, the Greek play? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. No, no. But but it's like like the, 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 the frogs show up. They're like speaking, I guess, croaking in frog language like... Oh, you humans! You're you're gonna get fucked. So, the, so whatever. Humans. So are they a harbinger of doom? Like when the frogs show up, you know shit's gonna get real. Even if yeah, they but do it? but it's uh, it, it's the mansion of some it's, southern rich guy confined to a wheelchair who's played by Ray Moland. Okay, oh, oh. Hold, hold on. Okay, so it's Ray Moland. This this is the way I will set this up. Frogs, <laughs> in my head, is a remake of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. <laughs> With outside forces that are controlled by frogs, but the actual destruction is by snakes and alligators and spiders and, and Spanish moss Spanish for some moss. goddamn reason. Spanish moss. Does it strangle someone? Yes. yes. I knew it. <laughs> Fucking Spanish moss, man. But yes, so Rayma Land is is the head of this family, but it's this movie starts out with Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott in 1972. He doesn't have a mustache yet. He doesn't have a mustache yet. Pre-mustache Sam Elliott. And frequently shirtless. Frequently shirtless. That's okay. As an ecologist who's coming in to warn. Okay. And kind of help this this cat on a hot tin roof family deal with the onslaught of brainiac frogs. He's like, the frogs are out of control. I need to warn you. I need to warn you. And I'm taking off my shirt. And here I am in my tight jeans. You can tell. You can tell Sam Elliott dresses to the right. <laughs> That's the type of jeans that Sam Elliott. Well, it Sam is Elliott's. the early 70s. It is 1972. It is. The and, jeans, yeah. they were tight. And yeah. and it's it's supposed to be the Ray Milan character's birthday party or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, like, I'm not leaving this house for any reason mm-hmm. crabby awful villain voice and and um oh um frogs does pass the bechtel test it does bad it does it does and not only that it's it's by two it's with two women of color <gasps> what yeah there's uh so what do they do talk about the frogs 
No, they're what the no, way? they're they're talking about something else entirely. I can't remember. I what. can't remember what it was, but yeah. but they're... Oh, yeah, passes back to old passes. Race back to old. There's it's nice. Raymond Land's son is like some kind of fashion photographer guy who's dating an, an African American model, and it's the African American model talking to uh like the help. Huh. Yeah. Like equals, you know, nice yeah. conversation thing. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat on that level. The rest of it's the rest of it's stupid. As it's hell. atrocious. But <laughs> are every... there a lot of pointless shots of frogs? Yes. yes. <laughs> there are so many shots of frogs. So many shots of frogs. No reason. Like, like maybe it was made by a frog fetishist. With and this is like like I don't, I don't know the, if it's lusty shots of frogs. It's just <laughs> shots of frogs. Very well, matter of like, fact. I feel like if you're a frog fetishist, you don't need to be lusty about it. It's just like, hey, look, frogs, because you don't get to see frogs that often, and that would be exciting. Oh, that's true. That's true. Then, oh god, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the, the 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 poster for frogs. Did it break you, Melissa? Is the po- oh, the poster did. of frogs is a picture giant picture of a frog. With, like, a human hand hanging out of its mouth. Well, that makes it look like it's going to do something. So it makes you think, like, there's going to be giant frogs eating people. Nope. It's we, just regular old frogs. We were promised frog destruction. We never got frog destruction. God damn it. I am so well, there, fucking disappointed. There's a niche we could fill. Mm. <laughs> Fringe show. Okay, so we have moved on to 10.25. 10.25 p.m. We have moved on to... Kill dozer. Kill dozer. <laughs> Is this a bulldozer that's sentient? Yes. Yes. Oh my god, I'm amazing. Yeah. It's and this kills me. I kind of based on a story by Theodore Sturgeon. Yes. What? Yeah. It is kind of awesome, actually. I kind of loved it. There's one. There's one. One caveat. Kill dozer was a made-for-TV movie. Yeah, 1974 made-for-TV movie with Clint. Walker and Robert Ulrich. I know, right? I'm making a face, listeners. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, Wendy has a face. Wendy has a face and she is using it. Ba- <laughs> basically, there's a construction c- crew yeah. on an island off the coast of Africa someplace. And they're, they're, okay. they are they need to build like a, a base camp for like an oil drilling thing. 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 And, and so they got bulldozers and stuff. And the bulldozer... Uncovers a glowing meteorite. <laughs> uh huh. And then and it, and like the energy of the meteorite goes into the bulldozer, and the bulldozer basically comes alive and tries to kill everyone. Yeah, it's it's like Christine with a bulldozer. It's Christine with a bulldozer and like four people. <laughs> and Robert Aldrich is one of those people, and Clint Walker is another one of those people, and I kind of love it. And, and, and Clint Walker is the foreman, and there's this this uh subplot where clint walker is was apparently like a severe alcoholic who has just gotten sober and this is his one last shot at redemption is getting this camp built yes. so he's like no we're building this camp. dear listeners clint walker is the giant guy in the dirty dozen yeah the big tall guy the tall, yeah. oh, oh. Oh. Mm. oh those legs we, we know i like tall guys yeah. um mm. but okay Killdozer. Killdozer. Yeah. If you can find Killdozer, that is a kind of a thing of glory. It is like Christine with a bulldozer. 
is. It really what is. What does it want? Does it have a motivation? It doesn't seem to have any motivation no, it except... Just, it wants death. Destroy fleshy things. Because often they're like, you've disturbed me, so I'm going to thwart you because you need to leave well enough alone. But it just is like, hey, I'm alive. <laughs> you know what I can do? Now I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's like pretty much anyway. it. That's pretty much it. Well, then it must be finally midnight. 15 minutes before midnight, The another tradition of B-Fest is they always play the Wizard of Speed and Time. Okay. Which is uh, a short film. Very uh, short. I, I'm a, I, oh, I, I assumed you knew what this movie was. Uh, I think I... I think they, they, they showed it a lot at, uh, at Cinema Rex and Convergence as like a, an interstitial thing if they had like 10 minutes to kill. Yeah, it, it's not even 10 minutes. It's like five minutes yeah. long. It is a short half stop motion animated film half live action thing that was made by oh goodness i can't remember mark jitloff jitloff and he there's some sort of or is it mike jitloff mike 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 i'm sorry and it's um there's some sort of really long elaborate backstory to it but it's this kind of charming short film where there is a guy dressed up as a wizard and he runs really fast you know because of the stop motion and and, yeah. and editing it looks like he's out running trains and shit yeah and and then and it was just like sound effects and, yeah yeah and then there's a song and it's all stop motion and then that's it it's just this cute little thing but but it's it's they use the same beat to shit 16 millimeter print every year and then there's like a weird thing, like when it's done, they just reverse the reels and then they play the whole thing upside down and backwards. Yep. And and I don't another, know why this is a tradition. Another part is. of the tradition is that when Wizard of Speed and Time comes up, you run up to the stage and you lay down on the stage and then as the character is running, you thump your, your feet against the floor like you're running. <laughs> And then you know, and, and, and like like there's yeah. there's there's yeah. a montage of like him running by like famous landmarks like yeah, boom 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 like this and you're going like whoa, you know. So you run and run and run and run and run and then yay and he's like up in the air and then you run and run and run and run and some more and then there's a song and then they flip the reel and then it goes backwards and then you run in reverse. <laughs> it's kind of a way to get your blood pumping and you know at yeah. midnight and then midnight happens and plan nine from outer space comes on and plan nine from outer space plays every year at midnight and it has become rocky horror like there sounds are like it. there are there are lines you say at certain points there are rituals you do um there's a really odd i don't know why this became a thing but like when the, when the married couple in the film, like, they have the backyard patio mm-hmm. scenes, there's a weird argument that's supposed to people break out into whether or not the, the lawn furniture is wicker or rattan. Yeah, so, like, half the audience goes, wicker, and the other half goes, rattan, wicker, It's rattan. like, less filling tastes great, less filling <laughs> yeah. tastes great. Yeah, and then, they, then it usually devolves into coffee, tea, coffee, tea. Because, because they don't, what are they serving, you know? They don't yeah, and, and it just keeps going. Um, <laughs> and when, and, but, but basically, whenever the, the flying saucers show up. Yeah. Uh, that's when you throw paper plates into the air. And you, yeah, the UFOs appear on screen, you fling 
fling paper plates into the air and the entire audience just erupts in paper plates. <laughs> and it's just glorious because everybody has brought a stack of a hundred paper plates. And it's some people never. will like do weird jokes or drawings on them. Yeah. So and, and, and we, 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 Melissa yeah. and I, we, we, we kind of go whole hog and we're always like decorating all of them. And, but the thing is when you, when you, after you fling all your paper plates and the UFOs go away, you scramble around and you collect all the paper plates that have been flung at you and you look to see what they've been decorated with. And if it's something really cool, you kind of keep that one and then you keep the rest and then you wait for the UFOs to show up again. And then you fling them all up in the air again. And it, then you go scavenging. Then you go scavenging. And, uh, you know, the, the tendency is for the paper plates to go forward and to the right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this giant mound. So I, I, over the years, I've, I've, I've gotten into the habit of like going up into the stage and collecting all the ones that have hit the stage, and then go into the back and fling them at the back row so they are like recycled to go forward again. <laughs> it's very thoughtful. I, I do my best. You're a helper. I, I'm a helper. I'm a helper. I really. It's, although, it's, although doing an army crawl across the stage at midnight is like. Really, kind oh, of uh, one one of the unspoken rules: it has to be the super cheap paper plates. Don't get like the Chinette plates. Chinette plates, because those hurt. will kill you. Those will hurt. <laughs> no, it has to be the flimsy, cheap ass ones. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. It's completely. very, very special. Yes, very, very. I don't know how people important. get some distance on those things. I mean, they really fly those. Just I, 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 learned, I try and throw them, and they just kind of go like two. I feet learned this year, you throw them upside down because the curve of the plate. If you throw it upside down, it kind of catches the air. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you throw them like face up, they kind of dip down. Okay. Yeah. That 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 is my lesson from this year. You throw them upside down, so you, you like throw, a frisbee is shaped, like like a frisbee. You know, with the, the that makes so much top. sense, and I don't know why I never thought of that. I don't know why it took me like five years to learn that. <laughs> so it's also like yelling day and night because there's day scenes edited with night scenes. Also, you know, since Bella Lugosi died before the film was completed, they had the stand-in who was uh, Ed Wood's wife's chiropractor. Um, (laughs) So, you know, you can easily tell which one's which. So you go, Bella, not Bella. Bella, not Bella. Day, night. And then uh, when Vampira shows up hot, and then when (laughs) Thor shows up, you go, Tor! And... Uh, God, what else? What else? Oh, like, like whenever when, when the Tor's speaking lines when he's Inspector Clay. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah no. Like, whenever he says something, you just go, What? <laughs> so, so because he's, he's so marble mouthed and his accent is so thick, you know. Who found him? Are there, what are any witnesses? What? Yeah. Uh, I am a big boy, so that I take care of myself. What? You know, like, just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so some of the scenes progress like night, tour, hot, not Bella, day, hot, Bella. It shouldn't tour. be that entertaining, but it is. <laughs> it really it's is ridiculous. Like Rocky Horror. It really is. Rocky, Ch- Brad, Janet, Doctor Scott. It, it, it is Rocky ra- Bullwinkle. <laughs> it is rather distressing to realize that one of the movies I have seen the most is Plan Nine from Outer Space. <laughs> it really is. I've seen it so often. I know. And then and then we moved on to a movie that I admit I completely slept through. Yeah. Black Mama, White Mama. 
which is a it's uh, a Pam Greer women in prison movie. I was gonna say, yeah. is it a black exploitation? Well, it's not really black exploitation. It's, it's, it's Filipino it's, exploitation. Yeah, Filipino exploitation. It is uh, a it was, Roger Corman uh, women it, in prison. It movie. was directed by a guy named Eddie Romero, who was sort of the king of super sleazy filipino movies okay mm-hmm. but it's yeah it's like pam greer is, is in a women's prison in the philippines okay. yeah I, I stuck through about half of it i and i would like How to do you sleep in those chairs well a lot of people just flat out crawl to another part of the building and just find a place to lay down yeah or they bring sleeping bags and they sleep on the stage or there there are nooks and crannies you can sleep in i have like fit myself in between rows of seats and just lay. i have down. a tendency to I, I have in the past brought like just a huge pillow and i just kind of hug it and kind of fall into a pillow like this yep <laughs> and i sleep like that mm-hmm. but, yeah. but this year i just like uh, i can't do that anymore i i just crawled off into the lobby and <laughs> Found it. What I picture is sort of this melting and crawling away and agony. Oh God, I gotta sleep. I got. Yeah, pretty much. And and this is about the time of night when that happens. People just kind of filter off. Well, a lot of energy gets spent on Planet <laughs> Yeah, you can just kind of mellow out for the next three movies or so. So yeah, Black Mama, White Mama, you know, a lot of people were like, Woo, Pam Greer, naked! And then it just kind of died off about halfway through. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sad I missed naked Pam Greer. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. But I, I wanted to sleep through Black Mama, White Mama, because I wanted to see the next movie, which I still slept through anyway, Okay, the because next, I'm old and pathetic. The next movie was Yangari Monster from the Deep, which is Korea deciding they wanted their own Godzilla movie. I know, right? So I, I, you know, since Kelvin was sleeping, I went back and I and I hung out with Spoonie, and Spoonie and I were sitting there just watching this really atrocious monster movie, giant monster movie, smashing stuff, and and it's you know it starts out with you know Korea having a space program, what? And <laughs> as it does, and and somehow having a space program means you say capsule a lot, so the the um the hook line for the entire film from the audience was capsule 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 we just could not stop saying capsule because the movie couldn't stop saying capsule <laughs> um and then you know there's this giant lizard thing that's stomping around korea and a young child who decides to befriend it and they defeat it with itching powder was that like ammonia or something? It was. It was like powdered. I, I no, didn't... it was. It was powdered urea. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> and and the monster. I'm not kidding. You defeat. They defeated it with powdered pee. I woke up and saw like the last ten minutes of this movie, yeah. and it has the most depressing fucking. Yeah, movie. yeah. It was powdered urea, and the monster shit itself to death. They peed on it to make it shit itself to death. The the monster dies. And and collapses like partly in a in a river or, or something. Yeah, it's like like the front half is laying on the beach, the back half is in in the river, and you just see blood oozing out. oozing into the river, clearly from its ass. <laughs> yes, oh, <laughs> diarrhea to death, diarrhea to death. And the little kid's like, I don't understand why younger needed to die, or, or, you know, and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> ah. 
and and then and then, and then the horrible end these films and the horrible ending where like you know the, the little kid goes to like the hero so are you going to marry my sister now yeah <laughs> there was some sort of they, weird... some kind of weird romance thing happens at the end yeah it was capsule it's... capsule <laughs> capsule uh so so 4 40 a.m we start Avalanche. avalanche so avalanche 1978 1978 <laughs> disaster movie disaster movie on the, okay this should be fun yeah so on the shirt tail of earthquake and towering yeah. inferno and all that yeah. stuff you've got rock hudson and mia farrow and robert forrester oh my god that's a great cast it's an amazing cast and oh god and it, <laughs> yeah so they're everybody <laughs> is at this ski resort that is run by Rock Hudson, who is pining for his estranged wife, Mia Farrow. And they have, like, zero chemistry together. Well, Mia Farrow didn't have much chemistry with anybody. Yeah, you know. but And poor Rock Hudson just looks so uncomfortable. (laughs) But they're... Beyond them, you know, there there's like a young hot ski guy, and you know, like his girlfriend. And Robert Forrester and, is yeah. the uh, the ecologically minded guy who says like a big avalanche is gonna happen, you know? Yeah. And because, it literally, this is what he says: I sense a heaviness. Yes. <laughs> I, he has no evidence. He's to, a to scientist that has a But sense. you can feel the heaviness. You can feel it. That's you like, it. you know, like, so that, that's his evidence for, like, there's going to be a big avalanche. So it's and Rock, Rock Hudson's yeah. like, I'm not shutting this place down. We got a big winter festival coming. Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And there and there's like ice skating and skiing. Yeah, it's like a dancing. mini uh, a mini uh, winter Olympics is like yeah. happening. Yeah. Okay. And so Robert Forrester goes up into his little avalanche watcher shack, and <laughs> and he he has As you the do. well he has the gun that shoots the explosives up into the uh, mountain range. To, to, it's a it, thing. It is a thing. It is it is an actual thing. Like it, like a gun that shoots out you know like relieves pressure from. Yeah, you you shoot snow. it up into it's the, like a the, big. Howitzer thingy. Yeah. So this it, is so basically like controlled burns for forests. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's m- mini avalanches, so you don't get a big one. Yeah. Precisely. So he's you know firing his little explosives up into the big shelf, and you know starts a little one, little uh, avalanche, and he's like satisfied, and he goes down, and then this airplane comes along, and it crashes into crashes the top of the mo- into- mountain, <laughs> and then it starts a big avalanche, and it goes, and the effects are terrible, and the effects are atrocious <laughs> and and it just charges through and wrecks the entire place and then the rest the the second half of the movie is everybody dealing with the fact that they've just been in a giant fucking ammo and trying to dig their way out and stuff and and yeah rock the the rock hudson's mom rock hudson's mom is the best is it you know she's one of these like sassy old ladies who's like give me more wine you know and uh, yeah Jeanette Nolan Jeanette Nolan is the best and she's amazing like literally she gets put onto an ambulance and they put the oxygen mask on her and she like brushes it aside oh don't give me that give me a cigarette yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah she's amazing and we all loved her she was the best thing about the entire movie yeah 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 the cr- cranky old lady is best. So it's like the Poseidon Adventure, 
on a mountain. On a mountain yeah. in snow. Yeah. Okay. And they're buried and they have to dig themselves out and it's dark and cold and Yeah. And there's all the soap opera bullshit. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not so much. Um, yeah. <sighs> so yeah, that, that's pretty much Avalanche. I don't that's know. pretty much all of Avalanche. But then at six twenty AM, you'll like this. Uh-huh. You'll like this. Cloak and dagger. Cloak and dagger. This is getting into the let's wake us up. Yeah, and and there's usually one movie in B Fest where I'm not entirely sure why it's in B Fest because it's it's actually good. It's actually like a quality movie. Well, this one is. It's got uh, Dabney uh, Coleman, Dabney Coleman, and And, and Elliot Thomas. Elliot Thomas from ET. Yeah, one year they had they they had Buckaroo Banzai in this slot, and I'm like, okay. Well, it is B Fest. It's B movies. B movies aren't necessarily bad. No, no. And Cloak and Dagger is a B movie. And and if you need to wake people up, you want something to kind of energize them. Cloak and Dagger is a hell of a lot of fun. And there were a lot of people in that audience who had never seen it before. Really? And they I'd never seen it before. Loved it. It's loved such it. a charming little film. It I, is. If I if I had seen that when I when I was a kid like the same age as Henry Thomas. Yeah. Oh that's it, it Henry Thomas, not Elliot Thomas. Yeah, yeah. It, well, he played well, Elliot. He played Elliot and yeah. 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 But if if I had seen that movie when I was if I was the same age as Henry Thomas, that movie would have been huge for me. Yeah, a fantastic movie. It's also, so also, Jeanette Nolan from Avalanche was in Cloak and Dagger. I did not know uh, that. She, the she's the old woman spy. She's oh. the old woman spy. So we had a Jeanette Nolan double feature. And, 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 awesome. we, and, and we also had a Dabney Coleman double feature, but that's coming up. Yeah, that's coming up. Well, but, and, and the reveal of the father. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's super charming. Yeah, it, it is really great. Really great. So yeah, the 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 wonderfulness of Cloak and Dagger, you know, it, it's a very fun movie, but there's also these truly bizarro elements of, you know, you've got that opening scene with the giant dice and then you've got the the retro element and you've got the and William kids. Forsyth playing the game shop guy. Yeah, William Forsyth. I didn't Forsyth. realize that was William Forsyth. Until... Yeah, there there were so yeah. many things that just I mean, he's he's made up to look like just the classic basement dulling geek kind of guy with like the the, the beard that's really the, 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 Ratty yeah, and, the huge yeah. beard and the Coke bottle glasses, everything. and Yeah. yeah. There, there was so much to delight the B-Fest audience there. We were just kind of enthralled by it. It was so much fun. <laughs> Yay. But after that, we got 8.15 a.m. Oh, fuck me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Andy Hardy's private secretary. That sounds like a <gasps> sex film. <laughs> I wish it was. Yeah, because that would have gone over. They always, they always they always pick one. Uh, they always have one movie from like the thirties. Yeah, and, and and they picked it for some god awful reason an Andy Hardy movie. Okay, so Andy Hardy oh. movies. For those of you who don't know, there were like eighteen of them. I'm not joking. There were eighteen there were, of them. Yeah, there were a lot. Starring Mickey Rooney as Andy Hardy, and there were <laughs> there are these really irritating rich boy comedies i mean literally you look at them now and you go i have issues with the one percent and this is the one percent like fuck you mickey rooney it's like it's like a rich kid having these sort of super white boy problems non-problems yeah yeah first world problems yeah yeah 
truly and... first world problem. This is a movie that just infuriated B-Fest. Oh, audience. people were pissed. It's like, fuck this movie. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> oh, no. I, I tried sleeping through it, and then The Soprano came in. <laughs> oh, no. Somebody started singing. Oh, the, the, not just singing. Soprano. Not, there's not like just... a high school graduation yeah. scene, and like one of the female, the woman's uh, girl students. Fuck. It took me three tries, but one of the girl students, you know, for for a graduation ceremony, sings like an operatic area thing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like Strauss. Yeah, uh. it, you know, one of these 1930s super high soprano kind of voices. Yeah, the, you know, the voice type that was in vogue at the time. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah, and and there's more than one scene like that. And yeah, she it, just kept it, going. It, it, it's this like depression era kind of wish fulfillment thing where everyone has lots of money and their problems get solved. Good. Even, even though they don't really deserve to have them solved. Oh, okay. It's a terrible fucking oh, movie. Yeah, I. It, 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 it it dates so badly. I mean, it's just yeah. It th- this was a movie that just infuriated everybody. Oh God, I, I remember so Spoonie much. like just sort of. Oh, Spoonie went off on a tear. Like after the movie was done, he just went off on a full blown rant. It was kind of spectacular, really. It was like I hate it. It's like where on the doll did the movie touch you? It's like God damn it. <laughs> But the thing is, we then got to redeem ourselves. Uh, breakfast. No. <laughs> with, with breakfast. We had a breakfast break. We, we That's a, not a movie yeah. called Breakfast. Just, yeah, yeah, we okay. just had a, we had some breakfast. And then we came back. 10.35 a.m. We had Can't Stop the Music. Yeah! Can't Stop the Music! Yes. With the village people and Steve Gutenberg on roller skates. And, uh, and Valerie Perrine. Well, I was going to say Valerie Perrine. Who I've got a, who, who I, I've had the a The role that for. was supposed to go to Olivia Newton-John. Uh, yes. And, and also Bruce Jenner. And Bruce Jenner. Oh God, that's right. <laughs> Bruce Jenner. Oh supposedly, God. I, and I've heard this before, supposedly Bruce Jenner turned down Superman to do this movie. Yeah. What? <laughs> I really, know. I think the world turned out better. Can you imagine what it would have been like? What Superman would have been like if Bruce Jenner was in? They would never. That movie. No, he would not. They might have been like, "Hey, play Bruce." I'm. I, we want. We're, we're looking like, for an athletic guy. <laughs> and he's like, "No, I'm going to do this movie." Oh, okay. But if they had started testing him, they would have been like, "Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah." Can't stop the music is kind of glorious. I kind of love it. I Honestly, actually kind of have a good time with it. I I, I really kind of like the movie. The not not in the, I I I have no illusions that it's good. Oh, it's a terrible movie. It's a but terrible movie. It, my, but it's kind of gloriously terrible. God, every, like, everyone has yeah. to everyone has to see the YMCA sequence. The YMCA sequence is glorious. The uh, milk sequence is glorious. The um, the a, milk one. That's the all white one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one where everybody's wearing all white. Where they make a milk. It's like a milk commercial. Do the milk shake. <laughs> or whatever do the milkshake yeah so so like it's this remember. it's this movie where um steve gutenberg is in new york with valley perrin and um god how does this start out he decides he wants to produce a band and they... well well he quits his job at the record store oh, to right. be a dj yeah he wants to be a at DJ. a club and it goes okay for like the one night he djs and then he meets up with 
well, he knows Valley Perrin, but then they're, they they're like they're like roommates this, or something. They, they no, they're not roommates, but they kind of are like hetero platonic best friends. I yeah, can't figure I don't that know. Out. And then, um, but they they suddenly hatch the scheme to launch a band. And so she starts gathering members of this band from apparently the gay community that she, you know, hangs out with. And <laughs> but not, not that they ever call anybody gay in this movie, but oh boy, it's so gay. Um, you know, she, she finds the, the, uh, the Filipino who dresses as a Native American and they <laughs> yeah, for no reason. It's and, not really explained. And you know. you know, she gets like four people from the village people together, and you know, they they have like a party in the backyard, which is like their first recording party. And then they like accumulate a couple other people, like the army guy and and the the leather daddy guy. Oh my god! And and they 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 go out on this quest to kind of find a record deal. And along the way, Bruce Jenner is there. And um, so they wind up at this law office where they're holding auditions for something. And, <laughs> and the Leather oh, this, Daddy comes this is, in. This is my favorite part of the Leather movie. Daddy comes in to audition to be part of the village people. And Leather Daddy. No, actually, he was just showing up to pay his delinquent taxes. Oh, that's right. He showed he up wasn't... to pay his delinquent well... taxes. And they go, oh, no, this is a law office where we're auditioning the village people. Oh, you! Oh, reason. I can sing. And he goes, "Oh, hold on!" And he stands up on top of a grand piano and he starts singing, "Danny Boy." Oh, Danny Boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. Absolutely, completely unironic. <laughs> Out of the blue version of Danny Boy. <laughs> and then. It is so odd. It's just like it's so bizarre. And he's in the full Leatherman outfit, you know. Yeah. And... Okay. But there's one point. Dr. Pepper clearly paid for a lot of product placement in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's one point where he's singing and he just pauses, reaches down, grabs a can of Dr. Pepper, sip. sips. <laughs> <laughs> and they get to be singing. And oh my god. And and then there's so much glitter and then everybody's mothers show up and they actually, the mothers show like seal the record deal in an airplane and there's I, I can't even describe this thing. Oh, and did I mention that the Filipino guy who wears Native American garb is magic? Um well, uh, <laughs> how? I don't know. What he, magic does he do? He has like lightning magic. I don't know. Gay magic. I have no idea. Well, it's it, the power of the gay. It is the power of the gay. If gays had magic, it would probably be rainbow related. It'd be it, some it, sort it, of light it, show. It was certainly brightly colored. The film is a hot mess of the first order. It is but amazing. The everyone everyone has to see the YMCA sequence. The YMCA sequence may be the gayest thing ever put on film. Honest to God, full frontal male nudity at one point. Really? Yeah. It's a it's a PG rated movie. There is full frontal male. There's like, they, they like there's like a scene through going through like a, a shower and there's clearly peen. <laughs> you know, it's just Yeah. It it is extraordinarily gay without ever actually saying that it's gay. Is it like soccer practice gay? It's 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 really gay. Okay. Cool. Having seen Can't Stop the Music, and we just recently watched Xanadu. Yeah. 
I, can can we agree that Xanadu is a far better? I would, I would say it's a better movie. Xanadu is a better movie, although the what the fuck factor is definitely higher in Can't Stop the Music. <laughs> so after oh, that, though. Oh, God. After that, we got 1.20 p.m. We got Alien from L.A. Fuck that movie. Oh, what a crappy film. <laughs> no, it's oh. a terrible film. Kathy Ireland. Kathy Ireland. Oh, my God. Kathy Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> of all people so so 80s film starring Kathy Ireland directed by Albert Pion who is probably my vote for the worst director who has ever lived <laughs> his biggest film is probably Cyborg yeah oh. yeah it, terrible fucking director he, he, he like, will make everything look ugly <laughs> even Kathy Ireland so uh, Kathy Ireland who we're supposed to believe is this an awkward nerdy girl. Awkward nerdy girl who can't girl. get dates. Who can't get dates? No, <laughs> I know. She was a she was a Sports Illustrated she, swimsuit model. She, yeah. she she was she was on more covers of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit tradition than, than like anyone. Yeah. I know that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so Kathy <laughs> Ireland, who also has a natural voice of like a squeaky balloon. She sounds like she's eight years old. Yeah, she has this really tiny child voice. She has oh, the cla- yeah. the classic yeah. super airheaded blonde kind of high pitched. Oh my speaking. god, that's her natural speaking yeah. voice. So an entire movie. Oh god, no. it sounds like she's dubbed or something. But no, that's her voice. Yeah, and and oh, it's oh, atrocious. And so she she's she's this nerdy girl who can't get dates. Who who whose father is an archaeologist who goes missing, but he's... and I can't think of her last name. But it's the same last name. As the guy from Jules Verne's Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh, yeah. But anyway, her... Sarkisinian or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't remember, but yeah. Her absent father has sent her a package that says, I've found Atlantis or something like that. And she gets... She goes looking for her father, like, five feet away. And gets sucked into the underworld of Atlantis. And so she's, like, in this Jules Vernean underworld. But but it's it's done, like... You know, your classic 80s post-apocalypse junk everywhere kind of. Universe. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it's just kind of dark and murky because it's underground. Lots of smoke. It, it actually looks like it was borrowed from the alternate universe New York from Super Mario Brothers movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it, it really does. It, and It looks like the Super Mario Brothers movie is being filmed five feet away. You never have any idea what the hell's going on nope. where she is because of the way it's filmed you can't it's so smoky and dark you can't tell what the hell you're looking oh, at even you can't you you don't know what any of the characters are in atlantis you don't know what the fuck there's like some kind of organized crime thing in atlantis or yeah. something that i couldn't figure out <laughs> they're all they're all dressed like like new wave 1940s gangsters they have like eye makeup but they're wearing like 1940s suits and fedoras and yeah. i'm like what what's going on what is this if and it's Duran none Duran of it is explained was in the 40s and and then somehow she sticks her face into a box and it like fixes her like 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 the like the the, the the machine actually says the machine has done all it can do <laughs> And it turns her into Kathy Ireland. And she turns out she's Kathy Ireland. It turns out she's Kathy Ireland, still with an eight-year-old's voice, and it's still really. So now she's hot. Well, she's hot. She was always hot, you know, but now like a eight-year-old. I don't know. I I can't even begin to imitate her voice. How come you never told me this before, huh? 
Why'd you even go out with me in the first place if I'm such a geek? It's so annoying. Oh, gosh, guys. And and uh, oh, uh, to be to be fair, okay, I admit this. I was the type of guy who, you know, in the eighties, kind of infatuated with supermodels. Read interviews with them and stuff like that. Okay, it it, it happened. It's fine. It happened. It's fine. Kathy Ireland's voice is like would legitimately qualify as like a speech impediment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she no, had to have serious speech therapy to talk in like a normal voice because literally she was having problems using the phone she couldn't do business over the phone because no one would believe she was an adult yeah her voice was that high and squeaky oh my god i mean mean, they said put her in a movie yeah Yeah. it's you know you know so i mean she had like a speech impediment but she's also Kathy Ireland. <laughs> and, so let's let's you know, put her in a movie. So so it's kind of weird, you know, sympathy for the supermodel, but you know, yeah. And anyway. well, no, 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 no. You know, it's it's a legitimate concern, but yeah. you know why if you have her head a movie, you could dub her? <laughs> you you could. There are options. There are options. But there it, are but, but you it, do. it does end with her going back to LA. And she's now like walking around on the beach in a bikini, and guys are like, you know, and and she's like, and she kind of when you broke up with me, and you then, know, and like, you know, and then she goes off and rides off on a motorcycle. Does she really do that? Well, not literally, well, kind of. But but you know, she she like basically like, yeah, I'm done with so, you. Like so, the guy that dumped her at the beginning of the movie. So she comes back and does the very basic ha ha ha. And yeah, rides off into the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. Terrible movie. But but we sat through that because next we got Miami Connection. Yes! Which is one of the greatest things of all time. Yes! <laughs> At least in terms of Miami Connection. wonderfully terrible movies. Okay. Oh. Okay. okay, so the story behind Miami Connection. Alamo Drafthouse basically found this movie. Um, oh, The American okay. Genre Film Archive, I think, technically did. But they, they bought a collection of movies off of... This is one of those. Yeah, they bought a collection of movies off of, like, a closed drive-in theater. And they, the draft house was showing uh, these old prints, like, at, like, $1 movie nights on Wednesday nights or something like that, just to see what they had so people could pay a dollar and go in and sit in the theater and the draft house would show like the first reel of each of these prints to see what they had and if it sucked you know they just you know remove the movie after one reel and then go on to something else if it was great they just keep playing it so they come to this print called miami connection nobody knew what it was mm-hmm. and they played the first reel and it was like what is this so they just kept playing it and it just became a hit of the night what it was is in the 80s there was this korean, korean immigrant guy a, a immigrant who was a master of taekwondo mm-hmm. and he moved to florida and he uh, there there was some other i can't remember who the other guy was but it was a guy who said you know uh, martial arts films are all the craze, and we should make well, he, one to make movies. He, he he was he was kind of a motivational speaker. Yeah, he was a, okay. The the Korean guy was a motivational speaker, despite he, the fact he can't really speak English very well. Yeah, yeah, and and he was somehow convinced that 
the the way to you know maybe you know make some money and get some fame was to make a movie okay and so he was convinced to make a movie so he basically funded himself a movie and he so this is like neil breen only martial arts this is like neil breen for martial arts in 1980s miami (laughs) orlando orlando I'm sorry, Orlando. It's never actually in Miami. It's, never... it's very clearly Orlando, and they refer to it as Orlando all the time. Yeah, it, it is Orlando. <laughs> Even though it's called Miami Connection, it's Orlando. And and uh, a lot of it's set at the University of Central Florida campus. Yeah. Aww. So so it's, and there's it's... people like 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 clearly like there's like one scene where like literally all the the gang is all wearing like Central Florida T-shirts at the same time. Yeah. 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 So so okay so. This movie features pretty much every local that this Korean guy could get his hands on. Well, it's clearly like it's like, like his dojo. The, the, the guys he has trained. Yeah. You know, personally. Yeah. So, so the plot of the movie is like there's this Taekwondo dojo and it led by our our friend YK Kim. YK Kim, who is has made this movie uh yk kim and his little dojo of uh u.s uh, central florida students <laughs> and they have a band they have a band they have a band they play Call, rock music they're called dragon sound they're they they play they're called dragon sound and they play at nightclubs and and the songs are like friends forever and, friends and, forever loyalty honesty yeah like, like this sort very, of this very up with people kind of like rock from a band called dragon sound and they're all it's and all, they're doing taekwondo they're doing like taekwondo moves while them. they're playing music oh in the club. It's, it's amazing and it's amazing it, it is it is Everything you could ever dream of, it's amazing. And and the club is filled with 80s smoke, and it's and, backlit, and, and it's fantastic. And everyone's going like, woo, yeah. and like way into it. And... And, then, and then there's a rival gang, because they had a band, and they can't play in the club anymore, because these good guys are now playing the club. So there's this clash in between the martial arts. <laughs> like like, like the, what the manager of the band actually comes out and tries to like make a... Like fight the owner of the club. Yes. Fuck you! What? Oh no! You you threw my pen out here. Like they actually have a f- f- fight. This is a... yes, yes. Okay. And then and then you know it, it's like this gang war in between the martial arts bands <laughs> in in Orlando in a movie that's called Miami Connection. <laughs> and there's like an evil ninja master and and evil ninjas and and there's like there is actually co- a line yes in the movie they will not stop the Miami ninja <laughs> yes I'm yes. like what in the holy there's what <laughs> And then, uh, and then there's all these like big, heart wringing, uh, soap opera things that are in the movie. Like the black guy in the in Dragon Sound, like he's trying to find his father, trying to find his father who abandoned him when he was a kid or something. Aww. Yeah, and then and then you know there's the woman in Dragon Sound, and and her her boyfriend her, is in Dragon Sound, but and her, her brother's brother, this asshole who's a, like. He, her brother is an asshole in the rival gang. And oh no! Oh no! It's all and, it's all 
Oh, sharks and jets, you and, know. And did like, we mention that all the guys in the Taekwondo Good Guys Dojo all live in the same house together, like a cult? <laughs> <laughs> and and there's this bizarro beach scene, and there's a scene where people beat each other up at like a power station, and and it's it, it is just this amazing. It's hot so mess. it's so 80s. Your clothing will spontaneously turn pastel. Yes, it's amazing. It's, just, <laughs> it's amazing, and and so um, the the coda to the the story of this movie is that after the uh draft house guys discovered it they sought out yk kim and said this is amazing and yk kim was thought it was a prank because it's like you can't seriously (laughs) 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 this no this has got to be a prank no they finally convinced him that yeah no seriously they, they draft house wants to release this because there were only like two prints made of the movie wow and so they wanted to preserve it and release it because it was so much fun. And so eventually, um, the first Fantastic Fest I went to, they reunited Dragon Sound and they played at Fantastic Fest. You were telling me about this one. Yes. That's how I know about yes. this. Yes. And it's amazing. And everybody just fell in love with the movie and now it's out on DVD. It's on like Netflix streaming. and That's great. Yeah. It, it, it is ridiculous. It is... A B-movie of the first order. It's fantastic. Was that the last one? Nope. We we got one more. We got one more. From Miami Connection, we went to 4.30 p.m. We ended on... Viva Knievel. Of all things. Oh, my God. So we have... We have a a quote (laughs) biopic about Evil Knievel starring Evil Knievel and and Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. With the fear in his eyes. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. Gene yeah. Kelly plays his mechanic, who is... Oh, does he have despair in his eyes? He has despair he, he, in his he eyes. He plays his alcoholic mechanic who, like, abandoned his son because his wife died in childbirth, and so, and then, you know, and then, soap opera, soap opera. Soap and then opera. Evil Knievel, like, finds the child and bring you know, makes the reconciliation happen and there's drama and yeah and in the meantime he's doing all kinds of stuff and dabney yeah. coleman's in it and dabney coleman's in it so dabney coleman shows up. and i, know I saw this movie once and it's no and, and leslie nielsen what is in it yeah as as the evil cocaine drug lord yeah there's an evil cocaine drug lord that yes. happens to be leslie the nielsen plot. does well okay so first off Leslie Nielsen, perhaps the most Caucasian man ever to be spawned, <laughs> is the cocaine drug lord. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's like the businessman sort of crime does, mogul. Does but, evil yeah. jump over a mountain of cocaine? Uh, he <laughs> must. He probably did at the rap party. He probably did. <laughs> but he, the, the, yeah, the... Um... It, it's this insane plot where the idea is to, like, rig up... Uh, Evil Knievel's bike, so that the jump goes wrong. Like, 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 someone they convinced Evil Knievel to go do a tour in Mexico mm-hmm. where the drugs are. Yes. And they rig up, the idea is they're going to rig up Evil Knievel's bike so that when Evil Knievel does this jump, he dies. And then they take Evil Knievel's tour bus, which they've made an exact duplicate of. <laughs> okay. Uh, out of cocaine? Which is all filled with the cocaine. 
And yes. and so like they bring evil Knievel's body back in with the the fake tour bus, and that's how they're smuggling old, you know, a fuck eighty million dollars of cocaine into into America somehow. This is their plot. They couldn't just put the cocaine on the actual bus. <laughs> evil Knievel's sidekick is Marjo Gortner. Yes. Who's who is this? Ah. Marjo Gortner was yeah. a, a in his early days he was a child evangelist. Yeah. He was a Southern Revival preacher. Big, big long backstory here, but um very successful evangelist came out, admitted, I don't really actually believe in God. I'm a con man. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and- I, I, I'm just really good at this kind of manipulation thing. And and he did and so he like went into acting and he became like an actor in a bunch of you know, an, o- an odd assortment of B-movies. Mm-hmm. Huh, okay. Yeah, very interesting uh, person. It, 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 there, there's a documentary about him called Marjo uh, that was made in, like, 1972. It won the Oscar for Best Documentary. And it's, like, him going on his last revivalist tour. Huh. Uh, as like, you know, while, while, like, sort of simultaneously condemning that whole culture. I've always wanted to see it. It sounds fascinating. It, well, yeah. You know my personal prejudices about religion, so. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that does sound fascinating. You know, okay. you know, like he, you know, he's just, you know, like kind of explains, like, oh yeah, this is, this is the trick they do at this part. That's how they do this. I feel like Marjo Gortner in Viva Knievel is like the um, Jan Michael Vincent character in most any other movie in that era. <laughs> So does does Evil Knievel jump something? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There, there All he ever did things. was really jump things on motorcycles, right? Yeah, pretty much. But um, okay, the movie opens with with Evil Knievel breaking into a hospital, <laughs> a children's hospital <laughs> to get pain meds because he was no, 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 to, no, no, to no. give to give the sick kids toys. Evil Knievel toys. Okay. And they're all like super happy to see him. And he couldn't and have just walked there, in the front door. Oh God, no! You there, you have no idea. What's there going is on. a kid who's confined to a wheelchair, and he is so inspired by Evil Knievel showing up for him that he gets up and walks. <laughs> that that that's how, the opening of the film. That sets the tone for everything that comes after. <laughs> And it's a Catholic hospital, and a nun shows up and is, like, sort of perturbed, <laughs> but then realizes it's evil Knievel, like, oh, well, that's great, you know, and, 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 and literally she says the line, God bless you, evil, <laughs> which is a really weird line. God bless you, evil. Because every once in a while I look back at my childhood when evil Knievel was... A, a thing was it star he was so huge and it's like what a weird thing to be famous for <laughs> yeah didn't he jump over the snake canyon or yeah. something yeah. and i know he crashed a lot because he had a lot of broken bones oh yeah yeah i'm i'm amazed he, he see, lived as long as he did the reason they needed to kill him before they put him in the cocaine bus is he would have snorted up all the cocaine <laughs> to dull the pain of all his broken bones so then, okay, so you finish watching, then what happens? Yes. And then, and then we go, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, God, we're so tired. So we clean up the paper plates. There's a big mutual cleaning up of the whole theater. Yeah, and, and then, then, and then we, we stumble off. We went to the, uh, 
we ate some Italian food, like really heavy. You Italian want all the food. carbs and the yeah. I, I ate a big food. ass plate of uh, fettuccine alfredo with chicken, and it was to great help with the stomach acid. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tamp down all the junk food we ate, and then slept a lot. Probably till the next day. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's how you do that. Yep. And what? Hop in the car, come right back home. Well, we actually uh, we meandered went, around. Yeah, a bit. we went to um, uh, we, we, we went to Navy Pier and we found the Bob Newhart statue. Oh yay! My my Facebook picture is me posing with the Bob Newhart statue. That's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then we drove home. <laughs> that was pretty good. Do we have some listener answers? We do have some listener answers. I we really do. Do we really? I, th- I think you'll really like these listener answers. All right. Melissa, who are you? Joel Thingval. Joel and oh. Noel? Yeah. Joel Thingval is Noel's father. That's adorable. So we have the father of one of our former guests answering oh. the listener. I, I, I know about Joel Thing- Thingval. Yeah, Joel Thingval. He's um, a big local uh, comic Fan yeah, guy. he. Um, uh, those of you who are local and go to the MCBA comic shows, if you've ever seen giant collection of Wonder Woman art, that's Joel Thingball. Yeah, I just yeah. think it's adorable that they're Joel and Noel. Joel and Noel. Noel. <laughs> Joel, what do you do? I created Noel Thingball. <laughs> <laughs> he he also uh, has a big list of links um, because he's also done some acting so uh watch all of the following you'll have a blast and i will list all of these links in the show notes it'll Excellent. just go better that way also he adds um i've met you melissa at comic conventions at christopher jones's table associated with comic city comic college and nostalgia zone used to review movies in the 1970s for everyone produced comic conventions with dave moritz look at this and he has a link to a, a photo. That's in 1982. That's me holding baby Noel in the jean coat. And the photo to the left has Chris Jones in it at age eight. Oh, my God. I'll show it to you in a moment. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joel, what's in your personal pleasure dome? I'm the king of guilty pleasure movies. James Garner in Support Your Local Sheriff, ah. Gunfighter, and the other humorous ilk like with Doris Day. Cat Baloo, Kelly's Heroes. Uh huh. Cat Baloo. The Night They Raided Minsky's. Oh, yeah. Carl Reiner's. Yeah, Carl Reiner's The Comic. All those classic AIP films. And then the modern, according to my world, Night of the Comet. Yes! Everyone has turned to dust. The world has literally been destroyed. Let's go shopping. Yeah! Let's play a game. It's called Scary Noises. <laughs> I love Night of the Comets so yeah. much. Oh, it's so oh. great. I'm so it, for longest time it was considered a lost film because they couldn't find the negative for it. I, really? didn't, know I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why it, it uh for so long they never released a DVD of it is huh. they didn't have anything to work from. Huh. Yeah. Okay, Joel, what is your recommendation for our communal pleasure dome? A discussion of the classic Academy Award winning documentary that doesn't get enough play, Marjo. Holy crap. Are you shitting me? I'm not kidding. And the career of child evangelist turned B movie star, Marjo Gordner. 
Wow, that's that's poetic. It is very poetic. That's that, crazy. That worked out better than I had ever hoped. That is fantastic. <laughs> wow. Okay. Joel uh, has one final byline. My son has turned into a pretty good raconteur, especially on films. I enjoyed the Aldrich session immensely. Oh, yay. Yay. That, by, well, wasn't Aldrich 2? Yeah. Did we broke that up. Yes, yeah, that was a lot two, of... Two episodes. And by the time this posts, um, the uh, John Carpenter episode will have also gone up. Or Yay! two episodes of John Carpenter will have gone up. it was... That was... In-depth. Very in-depth. Very much so with the depth. Yes. <laughs> okay. So thank you, Joel. That was lovely and, and delightful. That, that pleased me immensely. It was good to hear from Joel. Well, listeners, huh. yeah, it's late, isn't it? I'm it's tired. <laughs> Me too. I'm not so much drunk as I normally am by the end of a second. Yeah, episode, we're just. I am just worn out. We're just worn out from talking about. Well, really I'm gonna be forty-five films. soon. I'm old. Yeah. It's so tired. You're both both of you is so young. So tired. I'm I'm turning forty in two weeks, and I'm the youngin'. Yeah. <laughs> hey, ma'am, the old in the group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Can you say concern it? Concern it. Thank you. So, listeners, I'm was... going to be playing the banjo and brushing both my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I got done. Got my pants tied up with my best piece of rope. <laughs> Okay. That only got the one suspender, not the two, because who needs that? Are, are there more cliches you'd like to drag out <laughs> of the cliche closet? I'm playing the banjo and my train bears playing the washtub bass. Can you say jalopy? I'm going to get my jalopy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be playing the jug. I'm going to be reforming. The Velvet Underground. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what's weird is I'm so tired. You said reforming, and my brain was like Gundam Wing. <laughs> and so I've got the no, Gundam, they're, 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 okay, the Gundam okay. Wing hillbillies in my head. Oh, I, I, holy shit! The Evangelion hillbillies. I want to see. Oh them. man. Did we close the episode? No. I mean, <laughs> I've been trying, but then Beverly Hill Jugs over here went off. I was trying We're to gonna shut him. this shut him down. Fuck Eric. God damn it, he's going again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners. Oh, okay. I'm sure Melissa will edit this out, but if you stuck around, God bless you. This has been another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. And it has been some kind of pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Dear listeners, you won't be listening to all of this in this particular episode, but we've been recording for an hour and 53 minutes at this point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have been one of your co-hosts, Wendy. (laughs) That is... Melissa... And God damn it all, that's Kelvin. Yes, that's Kelvin. God damn it all. <laughs> God, God damn it all, Kelvin. <laughs> Kelvin, God damn it all, Hatley. <laughs> <laughs> that almost sound, that does almost sound like a Norwegian name or something. Yeah, God damn it all. God damn it all. God damn it all. <laughs> <laughs>
I think there's a U in there somewhere. Yeah, and yeah, in, the, there's the O with the slash through it. The good yeah. dominal. Good dominal. Good, good dominal. Yeah. Uh, now we're off on to linguistics, apparently. So <laughs> before we go any further, let's just stop. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I just waved at the microphone. <laughs> 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 <laughs>